0: Welcome back to the Maui Noko Oi and Silver Shark Media podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media. And as always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our first guest of 2023, Steve McKinnon, the CEO at Maui Humane Society. So, Steve, thanks for taking the time to chat today.
1: No, so happy to. Um, and I feel privileged to be in the first one the New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year
0: as well. And a lot is happening over at Maui Humane Society in the New Year. But as we get into that, or before we get into that, um, I wanted our audience to learn a little bit about you first. You got your degree in college as a criminal justice major and then got a master's in public administration. So walk me through that path from criminal justice to the Maui Humane Society. <laughs>
1: It's kind of an interesting, uh, my, I started out my career in law enforcement. Uh, I worked with six different um, uh, city agencies, police agencies. I started out as a police officer and worked my way up in the ranks. And uh, the last four agencies, I was chief of police. Wow. And along with that, uh, um, in, kind of in between some of those positions, I also worked for uh, U.S. Department of State and was assigned to the U.N., and uh, those positions where we were working with the international uh, democratic policing, meaning we're trying to teach uh, democratic policing standards to third world countries. So I did wow. uh, a mission in Kosovo and I did two separate missions in Haiti. Wow. So while I'm doing all that, uh, my wife said, it's time to come home. <laughs> and so I started to look around for a job and... It was an interesting transition that uh, the San Diego Humane Society was looking for a chief of humane law enforcement. So I was able to combine my passion for animals and love uh, for law enforcement uh, and did both and was there for about five years. I really loved it. Uh, San Diego is one of the largest organizations in the country, so I had lots of experience that way. But I really wanted to kind of head up a, a shelter, so I started looking around, and now we popped up. I thought everybody was going to apply for it because, hey, it's Maui. (laughs) Uh, But uh, literally the last day of the job opening, I said, well, okay, I'll put it in because I did quite a bit of research and was really excited about what Maui was doing. And uh, the rest is history. Here I am. I've been here. I just uh, passed my third year anniversary here. And it's wow. It's been all great.
0: Well, that, that is quite an indirect path, uh, taking you <laughs> through Kosovo uh, and then over over to Maui. So w- when you transition to a place like Maui Humane Society after coming from San Diego, where you mentioned is you know a very large infrastructure on an animal shelter, what are the major differences that you're dealing with when you go from a um, uh, a shelter so large in size to uh, one that's the size, you know, different than than a major U.S. city would be here in Maui?
1: It's an interesting thing, and I hadn't really thought about it until I got here, that there's some ineffectiveness in these real large shelters. And uh, San Diego actually had uh, four different campuses. So they were like gigantic malls almost with right. so many animals uh, coming in and out, where I think we have a little bit more of a personal touch. And I've heard some experts say that uh, a shelter shouldn't be more than uh, four or five thousand animals taken in a year, and that's kind of our size. Yeah. So really, it was a size thing, and and I think one of the, the differences is obviously we're on an island. The Maui's about 160,000 people, so it's like a, a fairly good-sized city, but we don't have the luxury of. Being uh, joined with other cities uh, or other counties nearby, where we can, you know, pass back and forth uh, services, so it's sure. kind of a standalone operation. So there's challenges, but there's also uh, uh, neat opportunities, well.
0: Yeah. Well, we let's shift back over to the main society. I mean, we we've spoken in the past to your director of development, Jenny Miller, in this podcast, both yes. in, in 2020 and 2021. And um, and those times, it certainly was heavier in navigating, specifically kind of through some pandemic challenges. So as we begin 2023, um, how are things going to start the new year uh, over at Maui Humane Society?
1: The biggest thing that we're experiencing right now is what uh, a lot of shelters are experiencing nationally is a very heavy population, a large number of dogs and cats. uh, The most that they've seen as far as the population, as far as anybody can remember. Mm. Uh, We have a, a lot of challenges of having full kennels, and where we're doubling up kennels when we find that two dogs can get along, uh, but that's not the healthiest thing for them. Sure. Uh, we have, we're well, luckily we have a very large foster family base where we can ferry out some of our animals. About half of the the our population right now, which is around four hundred or so, it kind of goes up and down each day. Half of them are out in in foster families, and that's the only way we could operate. You can imagine if we doubled our population in one day because we didn't have that. Uh, so, th- but it's not just unique to Maui. Uh, we're hearing that it, it's all over the country and we're feeling that as we interact with some of our mainland partners that they're, they have the same type of problems with uh, so many animals. And I think that's a, a large contribution is uh, COVID now that it's wound down, uh, people are going back to school, back to work right. and uh, they're, they're having economic challenges and all and they have to look at, uh, do I need to surrender my pet?
0: Well, one of the things, you know, the Humane Society, I was going to kind of get into this later, but that seems like a, a pretty natural segue. You know, I think there's a perception a lot of times when people think of an animal shelter that it that it is just that, that it is a place for stray animals or abandoned animals to have a home. But it, it, it's much more than that. Um, and, you know, we had we were fortunate enough, we filmed a, a new video series of My Humane Society yeah. late last fall. Um, where you know, certainly got a lot of insight into the different programs. And, and one in particular I'd love for you to expand upon is, you know, community outreach in terms of trying to prevent people from giving up their pets and working with them, um, whether it be pet supplies, pet food. What are some of the ways that the Humane Society um, is reaching out to the community here in Maui to help with this, as you said, nationwide issue?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, we have a a program called Forever Pets, and we were starting to design the program in the spring of 2020, even before COVID, you know, talking about getting uh, kind of a food pantry for pets and things like that, because we knew there was a need, and then COVID hit, and boy, everybody was losing their jobs and all that stuff, so it was kind of perfect timing for us, and all, all the programs for Forever Pets was focused on keeping the animals in their homes. Where, uh, especially during COVID, people were struggling uh, to pay the bills, put food on the table, and they're coming to us and say, We just can't hold on to our pet because we can't afford doing all these other things. So we took the pressure off by, uh, we had a, a number of grants and donations like that of a food bank. So we said, Well, can you last three or four months? We'll give you three or four months worth of food. We'll work with you. Uh, if there's vet care needs, we can work with you there. If it's just the dog needs a dog bed or or a leash or a collar, things like that. We had all those things again, just to keep them in their homes. And then kind of an outstretch of that is again, as people are starting to realize that, you know, they have to go back to work, uh, that the family situation has changed a little bit and they have to maybe start thinking about, uh, letting their pet go, which is truly a family member. Uh, we established a, a new intake process where, uh, we have two two people on staff, and they're both uh, are studying in a master's program that I didn't even know existed. It's called veterinary social work. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that this existed, and they're they're both pursuing that. And kind of is exactly what it sounds like uh, that they, they're going to be the first point of contact at the shelter when somebody comes in uh, contemplating uh, giving up their animal. So they sit down, they work with them, uh, figure out uh, what they can do. Uh, a lot of people are going to their own vet and. There's some type of medical treatment that's going to cost two or $5,000, and they can't afford that, so they're thinking about surrender. Uh, other times where they have to leave the island, uh, that they've lost their housing, and they have to return home uh, back on the mainland, and they have to give up their pet. Well, we, we work out solutions with them, and I think that's the main focus we're trying to do now, and I, I know a lot of the shelters are doing the same thing. How can we avoid, avoid being a, a shelter? How can we keep the animals in the home? It's better... Mentally for the family, you know, you can imagine kids losing, you know, their prized pet. Sure. So if we can come up with ways to, to do that, uh, to, we, we do have programs where we can transfer animals to the mainland. We say, okay, get to the mainland, settle in, and we'll have your pet uh, follow you within a, a week or so just so you can settle in. And I, I can't afford it, but we have grants to be able to do that. Well, I, and I think that's the only way we can pull it off.
0: As you talk about the kind of a method of, of, being proactive versus reactive um, within the community. How how does that approach impact the shelter, both from an intake standpoint um, and, and just the community as well in having this additional resource that is beyond simply I go there to surrender a pet or I go there to adopt a pet?
1: I think we have to change our mindset and that's what we've been doing. Uh, you know, Prior to COVID, where we just had routine numbers in our shelter, where we had empty kennels here and there, we had people that would come in and doing adoptions, we were able to fly other animals out. We didn't have the pressure of these high numbers, so we didn't have to be as innovative. And it, in some ways, we've said that the COVID, had, it, there is a silver lining there where it's caused us to rethink the way we provide services, right. that how we interact with the community, how we educate them. Uh, so we have come up with these programs like forever pets, like having a intake diversion and all. So it, it, it's worked out well, and and I think to a certain degree we still have to work with the community to educate them as well. Is that it, we're not just the dog pound, right? We're, we're not just a shelter where you can just drop uh, an animal off and then go on your merry way. No, we want them to be more involved uh, with operations. We've tried to expand our volunteer base and our foster base and, and get people to be involved. I think that's the only way uh, modern shelters can function. We're just not a holding ground for animals. Uh, it's not a sad place. Yep. Uh, so we have to be you know, be a little bit progressive in our ideas and try to solve problems and, and keep the community involved as we solve them.
0: You mentioned uh, the foster program. so. Yep. What what does the foster program entail, and and how does that help both the animal and the shelter?
1: Well, obviously, the, the main thing it helps the shelter because we get them out. Uh, uh, I'm sure your listeners would realize if you think about it. You know, uh, a dog or a cat in a kennel or a cage all day. We we always uh, try to get the animals out and walked. You know, the dogs are walked at least twice a day. But even if they're out there for half an hour, that's only a total of an hour out of a 24-hour period. So to put them in a, in a home, an actual foster home, uh, they're more relaxed, they're with a family, they they have a place to to sleep, uh, they can do the interaction. And it's a great way for us to be able to tell uh, potential adopters how do they function in a home? Right. How do they get along with little kids? How do they get along with other animals in the home? So it's it's a real benefit for us. And for the foster family... Obviously, they're giving back to the community, but it, it it teaches. I always look at it as far as the kids in a family, it really teaches responsibilities as far as you know, this is a living, breathing thing that, that needs to be fed, need to be taken care of, and all. So, it, sure. it, it allows the family to you know, build some responsibility for the kids. Uh, very often, they have probably most of our fam- foster families already have uh, pets in the home, so it, it's a great learning uh, tool for them to be able to share that with the kids and yeah you know, i've taken in fosters myself and you know you bring in a foster that's maybe scared or timid and things like that other animals alone they kind of teach them how to be a dog again yeah so it, it it's so much better for for the dogs the cats it, it gets them to relax it's a much better condition than putting them in the in that shelter, which you know, hard walls and you know, uh, screened-in cages, where as people walk by and they're trying to make themselves look as wanting as possible to hopefully <laughs> get, get adopted in that real home.
0: Sure. Well, the the shelter itself, I I know that there are you know, plans and ambitions for expansion and or improvements on the facility. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe can you talk to our community about what your hopes are um, with the future in terms of upgrading the capabilities at, at the Humane
1: Society? Sure. And obviously, I'd encourage any of the community members to come by, even if you're not looking to adopt. Uh, you, you can see our facility and understand what I'm talking about. But also, there's a good chance that, uh, that you might consider, well, wow, this is a neat place. Uh, I'd like to volunteer uh, to be able, and we have a lot of volunteers every day here. Uh, or I'd like to foster, but to, uh, come in and walk through the shelter. You're going to see a shelter that's uh, a little over 30 years old now, so it is showing its age. It's pretty much just kind of concrete blocks throughout. It's it's a real basic uh, operation. But but we've expanded since uh, you know for the past 30 years. Uh, we we have a clinic that uh, if you come in, particularly on a on a Monday, I know Jason, you are here with your yeah. crew on a Monday with all the spay and neuters, where they're doing 50 or 60 uh, surgeries in one day. Yeah, and it's very cramped and crowded. It's it's like a ballet as you watch them move through, all <laughs> choreographed, and I'm bumping into each other, but it's it's tight. So to be able to expand that that uh, clinic area to get more operating tables you know, to give the vets a, a space to work, and right now they work at a counter. All that that is envisioned, uh, and they'll notice our, our kennels are kind of dark and uh, you know, not really pleasing to the eye, and not pleasing to for for the pups as well. So you know we want to do some improvements all across the board, all throughout the campus. Uh, improve the, the dog areas, our, our, our cat Ohana. We have a, we call it an area called Critter Corner, which is all the other pets, the, the guinea pigs, the rabbits, and we get ducks and, and all sorts of other stuff. But they really should be in a better uh, area. They're, it, it's very basic, but we really want to take it to that next level. And uh, we've looked at uh, different ways to do that. Pono, which has land right next to us, they gave us uh, three acres. You know, gave us a, a one dollar a year lease for the next 60, 60 years, so we can expand onto that area. So we're working on plans. We're we're very confident we'll be announcing formally of what we want to do probably within the next uh, two or three months. We're just finalizing stuff with the architects, finalizing you know the budget numbers, uh, and then we'll, you know we'll, we'll come out with a capital campaign to encourage. Uh, the community get involved, our uh, donors and supporters to get involved and be able to take us to that next level that uh, the, the pets in the community definitely need.
0: Yeah, and I know there's some very exciting conversations happening about, about what's possible. Um, and you, you mentioned your, your, uh, your staff kind of being like a ballet. I almost, I almost, the analogy I would use would be a NASCAR pit crew. Um, with all the uh, the tools and yeah, and sort like of that. balance of, of how efficiently they work together uh, and and get things done in a, a very expedited manner and and that's important. I mean, the, the team that you have there, you have a lot of team members that have been at Maui Humane Society for a very long time that are very invested um, in the yes. animals, in the community, and and the shelter. Can You maybe talk about you know the importance of having team members like that.
1: Yeah. We, we've got the team members actually, uh, uh this month, we're going to be celebrating our most senior member. Uh, she just hit her 30 year mark. Wow. So we're, we're going to at our all staff meeting coming up. We're, we're going to have a luncheon and just to recognize that, but we have people that are here in their, their twenties, you know, the 20 years plus service. But the interesting thing is we have a lot of people here that are less than three or four years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, I, I always say you don't get you don't come to a nonprofit and work for a nonprofit to make a lot of money, I and mean, that's that's obvious. So you're you're coming here for a passion, and and that's one real neat thing that I found working in uh, Malheur Humane Society. It's everybody's kind of working in the same direction. Uh, they have the same agenda. They have the same mission to, to provide the best care possible for the animals we take care take care of so it's it's a really a a neat place to be uh we have the history of all our senior staff that understand you know the history of the organization where they talk about when they their very first vet here years and years ago uh operated out of their house and their surgery was in the kitchen wow Uh, so up, up to where we now have uh Two full-time vets, and we have two part-time vets, and we actually are bringing on a, a, an additional vet uh, within the next couple of months. So we've really expanded services. We're getting out in the community. So we, we've got this great senior group of uh, uh, very dedicated staff, kind of guiding the new ones. And we've got uh, pe- people that you know they think it would be neat to work in a shelter. They they come here, they really get infected, and they move up in the ranks. And, you know, they're just so involved with, you know, making a difference here. And so it's a really a neat place to work.
0: And it's also, you know, you've mentioned the word volunteers a few times as well for folks yes. that want to you know spend a few hours a week or a month or even a day, um, you know, sure. helping to care for, for, you know, animals within a community. There are certainly plenty of of roles that volunteers can play at Maui Humane Society.
1: Yeah, and that's what's neat that you we it's not just to come and walk dogs but if you want to do that great we, we'll take take you on but literally every single part of our organization you will see volunteers in we've got volunteer professionals that work in our clinic and help out on surgery days and you know we have you know you you talked to Jenny Miller uh last year uh, she's got volunteers that work with her for fundraising events so anywhere that you want to get involved and We very often will have maybe a wife here working, and she said, you know, her husband knows how to do sheetrock or do some carpentry. Great. We'll suck him in, too. So it's, you know, it's anything you want to do, anything you want to specialize in. If you love cats, great. We we want you there. If you love dogs, great. We'll take you there as well. But we have, you know, front office ambassadors that interact with the public. Uh, So it's it's where you want to do it. And, you know, we couldn't, we definitely could not do what we're pulling off without uh, our volunteer team.
0: Yeah. Well, um, as, we, as we get to the year, I'll, g- I'll give you a two-part question uh, that goes two different okay. directions. One will be, what are your bigger goals heading into the year? And the other will be, what do you still see as some of the bigger challenges um, as a nonprofit?
1: I think right now we're a little concerned with the economy. I mean, we had some pretty significant uh, inflation numbers uh, for last year, and we don't think it's letting up. I think it's maybe the inflation is cooling down a little bit, but uh, we have some challenges. We do get some funding from the county because we provide animal services for the county. You know, In the state of Hawaii, and I think most states, every city or every county has to uh, provide some level of animal services. So rather than the county doing that, we do that for them i think we, we would obviously do it better than them but, and we get paid for that but that's only about 40% of our budget so the right. other 60% uh you know we have to do fundraising we have to do donors and if if a donor is feeling inflation on a personal level uh they may not be able to donate as much so we're you know searching harder for possible uh foundations or grant opportunities so that's that's all it impacts our ability to pay our staff, to feed our animals, provide medical services. So sure. that, that's that's going to be probably a concern for the next few years. So we have to be very frugal, but at the same time we want to be able to expand. Yeah, and kind of the second part of your question goes into that. Uh, we we've had some consultants come in towards the end of last year, and usually you bring in consultants when you might be struggling or you know parts may be broken. But I mean I'm proud to say that Malumene isn't that. Uh, but we want to bring consultants in about where do we go from here? What do we look like over the next uh, three to five years? You know, we're talking about a, a new uh, facility, you know, uh, all renovated and and expanded and all that stuff. Well, we want to design the right facility that will be able to provide the best services. So we we talked to them. They're giving us a lot of guidance. So I think over the next year, we'll, we'll see quite a bit of reorganization. Uh, we're doing some of that now. Uh, I think we've uh, been operating very well, but they, it's just nice to have somebody else come in, look over our shoulder for a few days, and ask why do you do it that way. Yeah. And then, but and they have the experience of saying we've seen other shelters, and you know, have you ever considered trying this versus that? Sure. And you know, it's like a, setting off a light bulb with us. Great idea, and we're we're doing that. But the, the nice thing is, and and very flattering for our whole organization is uh, these consultants have said, you know. We're an amazing place where they're already bragging about Maui Humane when they go to other places to do consultants. So that's that's very flattering. We want to take it to the next level. Uh, they're allowing us to do that. So I think the community is going to see that. We're going to be more in the community over the, the next year and beyond. Uh, we're going to ask the community to get involved more. But we also want to do education. We're going to get back into the schools now that COVID is hopefully in, in our rearview mirror. Sure. Uh, you know, get out in the community, community events, so they see us more often. They can ask questions. Uh, we can do more education. Uh, so it it it's a going to be a, a really a a real really neat year for the next uh, year and beyond.
0: Yeah, it it sounds like a lot of the a lot of the challenges are exciting ones that you know, as you mentioned before, sometimes creativity will will come up to to help solve some sure. some of the issues, and and that's always a good place to be. And and most importantly, the services you still continue to offer are are done so at a, a really high level. So. Um, as you said, I, I would also encourage anyone who has some, some spare time one day to just kind of pop down to central Maui and, and head over to the Humane Society, just to sure. see, you know, it, where the, the shelter's at and, and perhaps uh, there could be a, a skill or, or time that you could volunteer to, to help Absolutely. out as well. So, well, if if anyone wants to learn more, of course, org is your website. It's going to have all your upcoming events, fundraisers, and a slew of different programs. Um, Are there any programs that I know you have more than we talked about, but are are there (laughs) any that I didn't bring up that you want to uh, mention quickly for the community that uh, they could either be involved with or or benefit from?
1: One thing that they're probably aware of that we do have – most uh, often they're referred to as animal control officers, but we call them humane enforcement officers. We've got a, a team of 11 that are out there and they're not the one that we're not out there looking to write tickets or, you know, seize animals, things like that, but we do an awful lot of ed- education. Yeah. So, I mean, we, but I mean, they can't be everywhere all the time. So we really encourage people to give us a call when they have a concern, where they think neglect is happening. Uh, and, I said we're not looking for enforcement. We always do education first, and we work with people. You know, we create kind of case management with them to to work with them. We can refer them to our forever pets program if if they're short on food or if they need a kennel or something like that. It really works out well. And They're an amazing group. They've done rescues out of uh, rivers, you know, uh, uh, caught inside uh, car engines and the, the like. So they're they're really a talented crew. Uh, and they're usually our, our face out in the community very often when they see the truck or where they see the officers in uniforms working with the community to go solve problems. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I can't commend your, uh, both your enforcement officers and, and the rest of your staff enough for the, the time and care that they put into their work. You can truly tell that everyone involved over there, um, clearly does this as a sort of life passion on on absolutely helping be involved and helping the community be a better place so well steve i want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us it was great to to learn uh, more about what's going on with the humane society and and folks should definitely keep keep their eyes out in 2023 as as you mentioned you might be announcing some uh some new plans and and some new things new programs and of course you have plenty of existing programs that are certainly beneficial to the maui community
1: great thanks so much jason to allow us to get the word out